Hello everybody, my name's Lyndall Bywater. Welcome to my attic in Canterbury. <laughs> I hope you can see me okay. I told Sally that I was going to video myself at lunchtime because then there'd be daylight and just as I sat down to video the clouds have rolled in so it's dark. It's kind of dinge. Don't know what it's like where you are, it's dingy here where I am. Anyway, it's lovely to be with you. I'm in Canterbury for those of you who don't know that uh, and um, uh, this is my attic just round the corner from Canterbury Boiler Room, the 24-7 prayer community that I'm a part of and part of the leadership of. And uh, it's really lovely to be with you. We were going to come and visit you in person, of course, today. Uh, this was a year ago when we made the arrangement. And then, well, you know, COVID. What more do I need to say? So we would love to have been with you. As it is, you just get me on video, which feels like considerably less value for your money or you're not your money. You know what I mean? But there we go. It's fine. And I think one of the things that I want to do this morning is just talk through with you the issues of community. And, do you know, I'm really out of my comfort zone because basically I am not entirely sure how we do community at all at the moment. And that's our subject for this morning. I feel like I would have known what to say last year. Well, I would have had a better idea what to say last year. I really have no idea what to say this morning. But we're going to turn to the Bible. My apologies, by the way. Um, I haven't been able to read uh, the James Odgers book that I know uh, some of your talks have been kind of based on because I couldn't get an accessible version. So uh, I'm just I'm in the Bible. We're in Colossians chapter three. And this is a passage that I'm wrestling with at the moment. And I'm I'm going to wrestle with it with you. And I'm going to talk a bit and ask some questions and basically just try and make some space for you to think about where you're at at the moment, I guess. And just to kind of encourage you, because I think this is a challenging time for all of us who are community. The things that we, I don't know if you'd said to me this time last year, in a year's time, Lyndall, you'll have to think twice about hugging the person that's just come into your house. You'll have to, you'll see, uh, as I did yesterday, a guy on the street who used to come regularly to your drop-in and who you haven't seen for seven months and you cut you've got there's no way to say to him oh well, we'll be open again in so many weeks time because uh, our building is it's impossible really to work within it uh, without having to throw people out all the time which we don't want to do uh, if you'd said to me uh, you know on the on the plus side if you'd said to me as i did this morning you'll do a prayer seminar with you know 50 people from around east kent about creativity and art in prayer, a seminar that probably wouldn't have happened or certainly wouldn't happen with all those people uh, in this time last year. So I kind of feel as though I don't know the landscape really. And uh, that's where we all are, isn't it? But the Bible is always a good place to start. We're in Colossians chapter three. Now I'm using the passage from 12 to 17. That's normally where you go from with this passage, but I'm going to go back a verse. So we're going to start from verse 11 and I'm going to read each verse as we go through so I won't read the whole thing through first. Let's start at verse 11 when we've prayed. Holy Spirit breathe on us, breathe on me as I speak and breathe on these guys as they listen to me and God would you forge in us a new vision for community in these strange times. Would you lighten our hearts would you show us what we can do and where we can be in the midst of all the things we can't do and can't be at the moment holy spirit 
this is your space. The space between what we knew before and what we haven't yet learned is the space where you work. It's the space where you make things anew in us. And we welcome that new creation this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. So Colossians 3 verse 11 says this. Here, that's in the kingdom of God. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Those are some kind of cultural references, but basically it means in the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as kind of the differences of nationality and class and culture and all those things that divide us up so easily. There's not a them and us in the kingdom of God. There's not a better group of people and a less good group of people, a nicer group of people and a more annoying group of people. There's just us. And I guess in some ways COVID has been the great leveller, hasn't it? Do you know what I mean? I mean, in a way it hasn't because different classes and different social groups have contracted the disease very differently. But ultimately it is something that can happen to any of us. You can be the richest person in the world and still get COVID. You can be the president of the United States and get COVID. You can be the homeless guy living on the streets. You can be the woman experiencing domestic violence. Everybody can get that. And in some ways, in the early part of the pandemic, I remember being really struck by that. I remember praying a really simple prayer. God, help us to make the good news of the kingdom as infectious as the virus. May it be, God, that actually we live in a nation one day soon, in a world one day soon, where you catch the kingdom of God as easily as you catch COVID-19 now. And that that's a, a prayer that I I've kind of haven't prayed for a few months. I feel a bit challenged even remembering that because that's what I was praying in those early days. And there's something about the starting place for community, which is realising that we are all in. We are all a part of it. And when I read this passage, I wasn't going to start with this verse, but I felt a real nudge from the spirit. I felt God say, go back to verse 11, because there are people who are feeling that they're not as a part of the community as others. And I'm afraid some of the issues that we've come up against, like technology and whether you can use Zoom and whether you know where your mute button is and all of that kind of thing. And, and just whether you've even got a decent Internet connection. We've come up against things over this last few months that have excluded some people and included other people more. And there's a huge issue. I mean, we've not been able to keep in touch with most of our uh, friends and what we call our city space, city space family who drop into us when the shops open we've not really been able to keep in touch with a lot of them because they just don't have internet access and so there's been this sense in which some people feel less included some people feel more in the in the kind of thick of it and I just felt like God wanted us to stop for a minute and he wants to say to you count yourself in you are not less of a member of proximity church you are not less of a member of canterbury boiler room you are not less of a member more importantly of the kingdom of god just because of all the stuff that's happened or just because whether you've got a good internet connection or not he sees us equally knows us equally includes us embraces us equally you are in and if you've been feeling a bit like you've been kind of at the edge sort of drifting a bit 
you've been sort of or maybe that you don't count as much as other people do just grab hold of that thought and lay it at the foot of the cross right now you are in my friends you are absolutely in verse 12 put on then as god's chosen ones holy and beloved compassion sorry compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive one of the things that amuses me most about the whole kind of video conferencing culture we're all into now is is the zoom clothing thing you know the kind of you can wear your pajama bottoms so long as you've got a nice shirt on or a nice top and i gather um firms are even cashing in now by selling like zoom front pieces you know things you can put on your front so you don't even have to get out of your pajama top you can just put a front piece of a nice shirt and jacket over your front and no one ever knows well not until you walk away from the camera to go and get something and you turn around and they're like oh that's that's interesting <laughs> they're not clearly wearing the same thing on the back as they're on the front so yes you can apparently buy zoom front pieces now should you not wish to get dressed at all and it, there is something about this whole video conferencing culture that's made us dress differently isn't there and i'm challenged by these words about putting on put on put on this these garments of kindness and compassion and humility and do you know i guess the thing is we don't find it easy i'm not telling you anything you don't know now we do not find it easy to be kind and patient uh, and forgiving and humble and all that list that impressive list in verses sorry it was verses 12 and 13 actually that i read all those impressive things we don't find those things easy actually do we? it was all right with people that you're getting on with fine but we don't always find it easy and yet i love this idea that we put those things on i make a choice not because i find it easy not because the person hasn't made any mistakes not because i'm perfect not because i'm holier than thou or whatever i make a choice just because that person is worth my kindness my compassion no matter how much they've annoyed me today that person is worth my kindness that's what i can do for them in a kind of kingdom way these are kingdom clothes they're not things and and the fact that paul says put them on i think paul paul i think was quite a grumpy bloke actually I mean, I may be wrong, but I get the feeling he was quite a grumpy bloke. He certainly didn't have problems telling people what he thought of them. He was quite forthright. And I rather get the feeling when he writes about putting these things on that sometimes for him, everything in him has wanted to go, oh, just shut up, would you? Or, oh, just go away. Or so, you know, everything in him has wanted to be rude. But he has chosen, he has reached out for that kindness and he has put it on and he has acted out of kindness just because that's what the kingdom requires and it feels to me that there's more and more of a need for that i don't know if you've got into any facebook debates lately um i i'll confess in the presence of friends that my particular struggle is with a a part of 
not just the church, but there's a there's a chunk of Christians that are quite into this, but who are sort of feeling very much that um, COVID is is a fake and it's a it's fake news and it's it's a tactic to scare people. And I get quite a lot of posts, well, a few on my timeline of or, or people seeing on other people's timelines of people sort of saying, oh, you know, only a thousand people have actually died of COVID and things like that. And I, I really struggle with that because although I understand where people are coming from I do believe that this is something we need to take really seriously so my temptation is to respond angrily is to is to sort of you know have a bit of a go now I absolutely believe in posting something that is helpful if I can add some information so if I see a post whether the where there's a, a statistic in it that is, is clearly wrong or has been misinterpreted, then I, I can I feel I can go into that. And I'm happy to sort of say, look, um, I would just want to draw your attention to this because I don't think that's quite the way you've presented it. But I need to resist just going in and having a go. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes I want to say, don't be so ridiculous. But we can't do that. The kingdom approach is kindness. It's humility. Humility says you have every right to your opinion just as I do mine. And I don't want to stop you having your opinion. Um, gentleness. You know, gentleness says, even if I don't agree with you, I'm not going to beat you up. Patience. Patience says I'm I'm, <sighs> I'm going to carry on. I'm going to stick with the conversation if I possibly can because I value you because you are worth me putting on my patience, my kindness, my gentleness, my humility, my compassion. You get the drift, right? But do you know what? All of it is wrapped around in these verses by the truth and the reality that I am loved. So Paul says, put on, I'm reading from the uh, English Standard Version, by the way. Sorry, I should have said that earlier. Put on then as God's chosen ones. Paul is right in there saying, I'm about to ask you to do some hard stuff, but you need to know that you're chosen by God. God has chosen you. Um, and then right at the end, you know, forgive as God forgave you. It's the reminder all the way that you are loved. You can be kind because you are loved. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to be unkind, if I'm going to be impatient, if I'm going to be grumpy, if I'm honest and I dig underneath that, there is often a feeling that I don't feel loved and accepted, that I don't feel heard, that I, do, that I feel rejected, that I, I'm, I'm a bit lacking in confidence. My self-esteem is a bit rock bottom at that moment. And so sometimes when I feel those things, I'll just step back and I go, God, do I want to have a go at this person because actually... I'm not feeling so great myself. And if so, it's going to be really difficult to put on kindness. But I'm going to remind myself, I'm going to grab hold again of that truth, God, that you love me, that I am perfectly, endlessly loved by you. And I can afford to be kind to someone else because you've got me. Verse 14 And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Years and years and years and years and years ago, it feels like it now anyway, I read The Shack. Does anyone else read that? William P. Young? That's his name, isn't it? Uh, and The Shack, if you don't know, is a book which is basically the story of a man who meets 
with the Trinity, meets with God in the three persons of God. And uh, the story is that they kind of spend a weekend together, basically, in a shack, as the title would suggest. And uh, the book is packed with fascinating stuff and some really wise stuff. The bit that stuck with me so much when I first read it, and I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but it's something to the effect of, we can only love as much as we know. And our love can only expand when our knowing expands. So what that basically means is that you can't love somebody more than you know them. Uh, I've just got a new guide dog. She's very cute. She's not up here, actually. I would have introduced you if she'd been up here, but she elected to stay downstairs where all the fun is rather than come and watch me do a talk. She's already watched me do a seminar this morning, so I think she's a bit like, you know what? I'm out of here, Lyndall. You do the boring. I'll go and play with Croft. Croft is my retired guide dog, who some of you have met. Uh, and Venus is my new guide dog. Venus is very cute. She's a cute black Labrador. And it's really easy for me to encounter Venus. Like she arrived about last Friday, so about nine days ago, eight days ago. It's really easy for me to meet Venus and find her and stroke her and be like, oh, you're so cute. And there's a real love that wells up. Do you know what I mean? There's, she's a pretty much a puppy, bless her. I mean, she's the cutest thing ever. She's as cute as a button. And it's like, oh, it's really easy to love you. But you know what? It's, it, it gets deeper, it gets fuller, it gets bigger as I get to know her. Do you know what I mean? So I'm training with her at the moment and yesterday she took me, uh, I was helping her to find the door of City Space, which is our boiler room building yesterday. And then she was doing some really great guide dog work and then I've had her for eight, nine days. So she's really, I'm getting to know her and I love her more as I get to know her more. I've always loved her. I've always thought she was super cute, but I love her more in a more deep and complex way the more I get to know her. More importantly, the same is true of people. You can't love somebody more than you know them. You can meet someone, have a five minute chat and go, oh, I really love you. Especially if you're slightly drunk. Oh, I really love you. You're my best friend you are. But you're only ever going to love that person as much as you know them. And if you've only talked to them for five minutes, probably not very much, actually. But the more you get to know people, the more you can love them. It's like um, you're knowing of someone I think this is in the quote too from the shack is like the container for how much you how much love you have for them and the bigger your container gets the more love there is inside why am i telling you all this i'm telling you this because one of the dangers i think of social media video video conferencing type context is we keep in touch but we stop getting to know each other and i know for me the challenge with our community has been what can we do to keep getting to know each other. Now, we've been journeying together as a community for years, so we already know each other pretty well. But there's always more to know. There's always more to know of what people are living and what's happening. And one of the things we have done every, every, every week has been to uh, ask around, have a video call and ask everybody, how are you doing? What's going on for you at the moment? That's not just because it's a nice thing to do. It's because actually we need to know each other. We really need to get to know each other and keep getting to know each other. So that's my challenge to you. What can you do as a community to keep knowing each other? Two more points. Verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Sorry. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. What does it mean to let the peace of Christ rule? I went skydiving a couple of weeks ago 
oh my word, it was amazing, everybody. I cannot tell you how incredible it was. I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, so the fact that it was amazing um, uh, was not a surprise to me, I have to say. And, and genuinely... I can't say, I, I, I did it as a sponsored thing, and you know quite often when you do these things as a sponsor, you know, people are like, oh, I'm absolutely terrified, please send me money, please give me money, because I'm, not give me money, but you know, give my cause money, because I'm totally terrified, and this is going to be like the biggest thing I've ever done. I had to fess up, right up ahead of everything, that I wasn't frightened, that I don't find it scary, that I'm not, that I, I was really looking forward to it, which I was. But, let's face it, there's an aeroplane, and there's a, the aeroplane step that you sit on. And then there is a moment when you actually tip off the edge of that step. And I did it at two and a half miles into the sky. Have a think just for a moment. What is two and a half miles from where you live? That's how far I was from the ground. Me, little me, five foot four me, teeny tiny compared to two and a half miles, and for the first mile, no, nothing to stop my fall, really. Well, apart from a tiny parachute that, that kind of steadies you as you start. Now, the point is, I was not on my own. Thank the Lord for that. I had an instructor. And the way it works is that you are so tightly connected to that instructor. Basically, you're connected with hooks that take a £5,000 load so you could hang a Land Rover from one of those hooks and it wouldn't break. So that's comforting because I don't weigh as much as a Land Rover no matter how much I've eaten during lockdown. You're And you are connected hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder, literally he is right behind me. I'm sitting on his lap, not just practically but actually. And he sits on the step and I'm between his legs on the step and he tilts us forward and tips us out. So there's no point at which I had to make the decision to throw myself out of an aeroplane. But let me tell you, because he was there, because I was so confident in him, he was a great instructor, so because I was so confident in him, I did not feel one ounce of concern at travelling for a mile through the air at 120 miles an hour with nothing to stop the fall. That, for me, is peace. That is amazing. Even for me as an adrenaline junkie, folks, that is incredible that I felt so peaceful. And do you know what I want to say? This is a parachute jump of a life we are living at the moment. Something tipped us out of an aeroplane on the 23rd of March and we've been falling ever since, but we are not alone. And at some point things will change. They keep changing, don't they? There was a moment when the parachute opened and the second half was... A totally different experience to the first half but the first half for me uh, was like it's like being on a cushion of air and it was just like having the presence of God buoying me up and I just thought oh Lord <laughs> I really wish I could live like this all the time not necessarily falling out the sky but just being carried and knowing and feeling so safe about that do you know what I d it, that was two weeks ago it's been a really tricky couple of weeks I don't really know why it's I, I've do you we have these times, don't we? I've just felt really quite low at times over the last couple of weeks. And I just, I just keep thinking, God, I want to be a person of peace. I want to be a person who's cushioned in the peace of Christ because I live in a world that needs peaceful people right now. Can we trust? 
can we know that he carries us? Can we know that we are safe? Can we know that he's got the parachute cord in his hand? I hope so. Verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness. Ah, oh, that we could sing. Sorry, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Sorry, I got a bit excited there. Oh, that we could sing together again. You've got no idea how much I'm looking forward to that. I'm a real singer. I do love a good sing. Anyway, the bit I wanted to focus on, there's a lot in that verse, but I want to focus on the richness of the message. Because I think as communities, we rely on the fact that we're together, we're in one place and uh, we and, and we spark off each other, don't we? When it comes to faith stuff, we spark on it. We spark off each other's stories. We spark off each other's giftings. You've got a worship leader up front who's leading and you're really inspired. Yeah, come on. I'm really inspired by that. Actually, one of the things this whole season has done has been to uh, kind of narrow our window in terms of what we can do worship wise i mean i don't get me wrong i love video conferencing at some level but it's just not as great as being and it's not as inspiring as being in a room with everybody is it just sitting there thinking last time i was with you guys was about four years ago maybe even five years ago actually um and in the school hall and you know sharing listening talking singing praying eating together that's a richness which we just don't have in the same way at the moment but the message is rich. That's what Paul is saying. The word of Christ is rich. It's a funny phrase, let it dwell in you richly. What that means is get the marrow out of it, suck the goodness out of it, find ways to connect with the richness of the message in whatever way you can worship. And I'm challenged by that because I realise how often I just rely on the fact, that basically, I really enjoy being with my friends. So you know, gathering as community is always great. And I always feel like I've met with God and I always, you know, it's really exciting and I love it. But mostly that's because they're people I like and I enjoy being with them. How often am I connecting with the vibe rather than the message? Now that, that's okay, but when the vibe's not there, you got to go back to the message. And I want to encourage you, this is just a whole talk on its own, which I haven't got time to do, but I want to encourage you to dig in in these days, to dig in to creativity as you present the message, as you explore together the message of the kingdom what can you do differently don't fall into zoom rhythms and rituals what can you do differently how can you communicate the amazing truth of jesus the amazing goodness of god by some creative means that you haven't done yet because i think we're going to need that in the months to come we're going to need to get creative in what we do especially if we can't sing so much. What else could you do? I played a piece of music in, uh, in the seminar I was leading this morning and it was all about creativity and I just played this piece of music and I just asked people to listen to it and then to share at the end what had come to them as they'd listened. And it was amazing. People were like, I was a drop of water falling from a leaf. Actually, literally somebody said that. Incredible. Uh, I was floating on a river. I was, I was really feeling the pain of people who are hurting around me. You know, it was just, it was rich. That's what it was. That's the word that came to me, not just because I knew I was going to do this talk, but uh, I, it was rich. So many different thoughts there that I'm going to leave you with. Uh, I'm going to read a final verse in a moment, but I do want to just say, um, 
after this, if you've got some time to chat and think and pray in groups, would you just pick out one of the things? I'll, I'll recap. You know, what is it that you feel most challenged about? It's one of those passages. I often find this with Paul's passages. He like throws about 74 great ideas at you in the space of a few verses. And uh, they sort of are connected, but they're not all connected. Do you know what I mean? So here's what we've just talked about. We've talked about equality, that, you know, everybody is a member of the community. Count yourself in. Then we talked about putting on things of the kingdom, putting on kingdom clothes, uh, because that's who we want to be for the world around us. But also doing that out of a place of knowing that we're loved. We've talked about love, the fact that we need to we can only love more if we get to know each other. So how are we going to get to know each other in this time? How are we going to not just stay in touch in a kind of social media way with some likes and comments? But how are we actually going to keep getting to know each other more, even when we can't be so much in the same place? going to talk about uh, uh, so we talked about uh, peace and being ruled by peace being able to throw yourself into whatever life is at the moment knowing that you're held that you're literally held in the arms of God as you even if it feels like you're falling and then we've talked about richness of the message how can we be creative and keep the message of Jesus fresh for ourselves and for those we're communicating with and Paul finishes with this this is verse 17 but I'm reading this from the passion translation because I love it let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus the anointed one and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you let me read that again here it goes let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus the anointed one and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you let's pray God would you help us to be community in these days in a world which feels fragmented, divided and a bit lost, if we're honest, and certainly in freefall, would you help us to be loving, kind, peaceful communities? Would you help us to be the parachutes, as it were, that help steer our communities, our societies, our wider communities through this crazy, crazy time? And most of all, would you help us to grow in love for you and for one another? Because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Wishing you a really, really blessed Sunday and uh, have a great week. <laughs>